Give me a go, no go for launch. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. I was gonna say something that was not true. I, I don't know why we do these. Let's make film history. We are go for launch. Welcome back, everybody, to the Almost Sideways podcast. We're so glad you are joining us. This is episode 116. Uh, we are recording this on Sunday, March 7th, 2021, at 3 o'clock Pacific time, which is the only time that really matters because we are minus our central time zone friend today. I'm your host, Terry Plucknett. Joining me is my brother, Todd Plucknett. And yes, Zach Saltz is not with us today. As he said on the last podcast, uh, he had to take a vacation to Northwest Arkansas. So, Todd, my question to you is, Has ha, is this a sign that the Midwest has fully corrupted Zach, that he's taking vacations to Northwest Arkansas? <laughs> yeah, because that can't be that much further away than, like, Vegas or something. I don't know. I mean, my geography isn't that great, but, I mean, like, what is he doing? <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere up in the Ozarks. That's that's his vacation now. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. He'll have to explain that next week. I mean, it, it's... It's like Kansas, but with an AR in front. <laughs> Good call. And, yeah, and yeah. a better basketball team. It, oh, oh. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he will have to explain himself. All right, well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, on uh, Stitcher, on Pandora, on Spotify. Uh, do it whether you listen to us or not. Give us that five-star review. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it helps us get, get heard by more people, get up some of their popularity lists. Make sure you're doing that. Todd, what are you drinking today? Uh, I have a vodka martini in my Nebraska glass. That's where you should have been vacationing. There we go. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we, we can't talk too much crap because we, we often vacation to Nebraska. But, I mean, it's different when you're going to see family. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I, I didn't go to... Uh, to the brewery today because we made some trips uh earlier this week when uh todd may have been uh down visiting and so i just grabbed some some stuff out of my fridge which actually is from a local portland brewery breakside brewery which todd i don't know if you realize but yesterday when you were down here we drove by it uh when we were on decom in in portland uh anyways this is their true gold uh ale it, it it's nice and light. It's got it's got a beaver, I think, on the front. It, yeah. Well, no, it looks like a deer. It's a, I think <laughs> it, it definitely has well, antlers. A, yeah, it might be a deer. I don't or know. It's on a motorcycle, <laughs> but it's a nice light, good tasting beer. I don't know. I'm happy with it. Yeah, yeah. I don't realize. I, I didn't see us pass a brewery, so we did. We did. Was that on what? Friday? No, yesterday. It was actually Saturday. Yesterday. Oh. Yeah. Anyways. Um, I frequented there before. It's pretty good. All right. Well, uh, we don't have, uh, like I said, we don't have Zach today. And so we are doing a, a kind of a different episode today. Um, and we're, we'll, we're saving our next deep dive for next week. 
And this week, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about what we've watched. And then uh, this will be the last podcast episode that will come out before Oscar nominations are released on Monday, March 15th. So we are going to spend some time giving our last uh, our last looks at uh, at Oscar nominations and what we think is going to happen. Give our predictions for what's going to happen and uh, and go from there. So that is our plan for today. But first, Todd, take us into the cager. All right. Well, like I said, I still have some animated movies I got to knock out, so I went with one of them. It's an Oscar-nominated animated movie. It is The Croods from 2013, directed oh. by Kurt D'Amico and Chris Sanders, which is about a family of cavemen whose uh, cave is destroyed by an earthquake, and so the family kind of has to make their way across the land with the, trusting this outsider uh uh, to try to find a new place to call home, I guess. Uh, Nichols Cage plays the father, Groog. Uh, the mother is Catherine Keener. The grandmother is Cloris Leachman. The son is Clark Duke. The outsider guy is Ryan Reynolds. And the main character is the daughter, voiced by Emma Stone. And she is this character who all she wants to do is, like, explore and live. and Because her whole existence is defined by just, like, staying inside, avoiding contact with anybody, staying safe. And so it makes the family's adventure across the land really uh, challenging. And the opening is really cool. It has, like, to speed you up on, like, the crudes, like, uh, up until that point. It gets it has this, like, really cool hand-drawn animation, which is kind of nostalgic to see. Uh, Nicolas Cage is playing, like, this really protective, sort of got a screw-loose and sarcastic father. And you don't see him play a father figure very much. Uh, and he's one of, like, probably the most underrated voice actor out there. He, like, he, like, he is, he's a, he's pretty great in this. And Emma Stone and Ryan Reynolds are awesome together. They have a, just an immediate chemistry. I wish they would actually be, share screen, uh, at some point in a movie. That'd be, that'd be really electric. I, I think the movie actually does have some, like, really shocking and intense scenes. It kind of was, like, the good dinosaur at times, uh, but without, like, the really cool technical marvels. But it's just easier to, to digest. It, it, it thinks it's, like, How to Train Your Dragon or Avatar. But it, it sort of looks like uh, Spyro, the video game, which is a, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. It gets a little broad in the middle, but uh, it, it's too charming to resist. I feel like a sap giving it a thumbs up, but I'm giving it three stars. I actually look forward to seeing the next one. It's still in theater somehow. Uh, it puts it number 22 on the cager between Raising Arizona and Gone in 60 Seconds. Have you ever seen that one, Terry? I have not seen that one. I, I think it's on Netflix right now or something like that, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah. There's one other movie I wanted to mention, too, but, uh... Oh, go for it. Uh, it's, uh, uh, one of my Spirit Award screeners uh, for Best uh, Foreign Film is uh, Quo Vadis Aida. Ooh, I've heard good things about this. Which is uh, directed by Yasmila Zabonik, and it's actually shortlisted by the, uh, by the Oscars, too, so it has a chance at at getting nominated. Um, probably a pretty good chance, I would say. It's, uh, about... Uh, it's set during the Bosnian War, and uh, it, it centers on this interpreter, translator, lady for the UN, and when the Serbians come and they take over the city, uh, her family, as along with, like, thousands of others, are at the gate of the this UN, like, base that are trying to find shelter, but the Serbians get there and they start, like, kicking people out, trying to look for uh, soldiers, and so she's stuck in a really difficult situation. It's an amazing performance by the lady Jasna Jurisic, and uh, I, I would say it would be the frontrunner for Best Foreign Film if it wasn't, like, half in English, half in Bosnian, 
because I, I, they're, they're usually they're really more strict on that, but there really is a lot of English in the movie. I think it's got a really good chance of getting a nomination, uh, but it's a super intense, really claustrophobic thriller and really real life and kind of devastating. I, but uh, I, I would love to if that makes a run at the Oscars. It's, it's technically a 2021 movie. The official release is later this month. Uh, I think it's limited in theaters right now. So it's a 2021 movie. It's the best movie I've seen. That qualifies as that, and uh, I would, yeah, I would love it if it got the Oscar nomination. Yeah, I've heard I've heard good things about it, and uh, it's one that a lot of people, the people I've I've listened to talk about, have said if only other people had seen it before now. Like another round is a is a front runner at the Oscars, but everyone has seen another round that wants to see it because it, it was very readily available back in like December. So uh, yeah, so yeah. Well, good, so, I mean, maybe know. maybe it actually getting its uh, run right now with the screen <coughs> coming out, maybe that'll actually help it, and it could become, you know, the lives of others taking over the predetermined winner, Pan's Labyrinth kind of thing. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm glad that another round probably didn't qualify, I guess, for uh, the Spirit Awards, because I wouldn't want to have wanted to vote between them, because they are really close. Well, and it's fascinating that you've got another round as a favorite, you know, the front runner going in, even though it's not winning anything, because, like, the major award shows so far, it has to go up against Minari. Yeah, including because the Critics' Choice Awards did the same thing. Like, right, and which are happening tonight, which by the time you listen to this, you'll have already heard or watched the Critics' Choice. But, yeah. Well, cool. The Crudes and Quovada Saida. Yes. Yes, that, that's about as, as far apart as you could possibly get. <laughs> yeah, Quavada Saida somehow seems like more of a Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, for my anniversary watch this week, so I'm just I'm just testing you now, Todd. Uh, and this is going back 30 years. And it was nominated for one Oscar in 1991, and it won that one Oscar. In a major category. Oh, uh, City Slickers. City Slickers is yes, correct. yeah, <laughs> yes. So this is the uh, this got on my list because of the uh, best supporting actor win for Jack Palance, uh, who brought about two of the more fascinating moments in Oscar history in back-to-back years because of uh, of this win. Uh, so, yeah, I'm talking about City Slickers today. I don't know why I'd never seen this, but I hadn't. So City Slickers uh, is a story of three friends about to turn 40, played by Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern, and Bruno Kirby, that uh, always try and find ways to, uh, to have like a thrill-seeking moment uh, especially the Bruno Kirby character. He's kind of the ringleader of this. Uh, let, let's go, let's go skydiving and, and uh, let's go running with the bulls. And, uh, and so he, he's the thrill seeker. Then you have Daniel Stern, who is looking for any excuse to uh, get out of his uh, crazy mundane life and, uh, and his controlling wife and her father who, or, and her father who happens to be his boss. And then you have Billy Crystal, who is just kind of going through a midlife crisis, a little depressed at the same time, and not really sure what he wants out of life. 
And then they decide, you know what, we're going to go. Our next trip is going to be a two-week trip to New Mexico to drive cattle hundreds of miles into Colorado and, and be true cowboys. And so they go and they run into a, a guy named Curly, played by Jack Palance, who is the, uh, the trail boss who leads, leads the crew. Uh, and there's a bunch of really interesting characters along the way. You've got David Paymer and Josh Mostel as uh, as ice cream, uh, and I, like basically like Ben and Jerry's, but they couldn't say Ben and Jerry's, but they're basically Ben and Jerry. Uh, and uh, you've got uh, Bill Henderson and Phil Lewis playing father and son dentists. Um, you, you've got some really interesting characters in, in the group, but. Uh, but yeah, so they're they they're driving cattle, and uh, and Curly is teaching them about life and uh, and things like that, and then it kind of goes a little sideways. Honestly, the the second half of the movie loses pace a little bit as it tries to become something it really wasn't in the beginning. Like in the beginning, it was just kind of the smart cracking, uh, really funny, witty uh, comedy, and then it gets a little more serious. Where I think it. It's where it loses it a little bit, um, but it, it brings it home pretty pretty strong at the end. Uh, I'm giving it three stars. Um, Billy Crystal's great. It, it, you're reminded just how great he he is when he gets an opportunity to act, especially back then. Uh, Jack Palance is good, but this is like one of the more confusing wins that I've ever seen because. I don't know. It didn't feel like he he really did much, and he wasn't really in that much of the movie. Like he he had like a couple scenes, and that was it. And like I was watching it with my wife, and my wife literally said he won the Oscar for doing a Clint Eastwood impression. Really, um, yeah. it, it it's really bizarre. And uh, so, I mean, it, it's good, but it's just not the type of performance that ever wins. And uh, so I, it's really weird to think that. You had Curly and Hannibal Lecter were your two actor actor wins of 1991. It's just strange. But anyways, three stars. Todd, I know you've seen City Slickers. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. I I don't remember that much about it other than Jack Pounce, because that was the reason why I originally had come across it. And yeah, I mean, you're right. And he, he, he never really had a big part in many movies anyway. Like, I mean, I remember watching him in, like, Shane and you know, from, like, 1953, and it's sort of the same thing, he's just this, like, really serious guy, but he, this, in this one, he's old, and it's, it's a comedy instead of a, a serious movie, so, I don't know, it's, it's, yeah, it is a weird, probably the most outside the box <laughs> when they've had, like, I bet I can remember, it, I mean, it doesn't fit, especially with what they were rewarding at the time. Well, and, and I'm thinking, I, I was trying to figure this out, was he the favorite going into that night? He couldn't have been. Like, he couldn't have been, like, the, uh, I mean, he won, I looked, he won the Golden Globe. Well, I but, mean, but it's a comedy. Yeah, but, but won the Golden Globe, supporting actor doesn't matter. Right, it's but I mean, Globe. they do reward comedies more often. Like, it was nominated, True. I'm pretty sure, Billy Crystal was nominated there, too, and whatnot, but. Right, right. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, th I would have thought that the front would have probably been Harvey Keitel. I was thinking Tommy Lee Jones for JFK. I mean, it, it was a pretty. It was a pretty good list. <laughs> I mean, what, yeah. uh, what was so it, Ben you Kingsley? Got ben Kingsley, Bugsy, yeah. Harvey Keitel, Bugsley, Bugsy, Tommy Lee Jones, JFK, and Michael Lerner, Barton Fink. 
That's which a is another one. odd nomination, right? Yeah, because I, I mean, I would have definitely gone John Goodman and Barton Fink, because Michael Lerner similarly doesn't have very much to do. Like he, I think he has a couple of scenes. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that was kind of an odd category, but I mean, I, I would have, I would have picked Harvey Keitel, but I mean, Tommy Lee Jones also doesn't have a very big part in JFK. Right. Yeah, it's just it's just strange that that Jack Palance ends up coming out of this, and then you get. I, immediately after watching this, I had to go and see the uh, the eighty year old watch, doing watch his one yeah one handed push ups, and and then it, and then it leads into the next year where everyone thinks he he's just screwing with everyone and reads the wrong name when Marissa Tomei wins Best Supporting Actress. So, uh, yeah, it, that that had to be one of the more interesting moments. I think if the Academy could go back on it, they're like, yeah, we wouldn't have done that because look at all the crazy crap that came out of it um well like we said so we said this like a couple episodes ago like marissa tomei's career hinged on jack palance winning or not right yeah it's true <laughs> it's true yeah so uh so yeah city slickers three stars it's good to see daniel stern in in something else and uh, other than i mean oh, you, you i, I love his stern. supporting work back at that time like he was great yeah. and everything yeah i mean it's it's something other than home alone which is which is great and uh, oh, and Billy Crystal's wife is uh, is President Caroline Reynolds from Prison Break, by the way. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, don't just think I'm going to even place that. <laughs> I, I I had to go look at look up the cast. I'm just scrolling through. I'm like, wait, that face looks familiar. Oh, that's that face, just thirty years older. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we watched this week. And uh, so let's get into these uh, nomination uh, predictions here. So yeah, uh, the Oscar nominations come out on um, on Monday, March 15th, uh, early, early, early in the morning as always. And so we're going to run through just uh, uh, some basic um, what we think is going to happen, who we think is going to be nominated in the major categories, Todd, I know you usually write some articles, and they're coming out sometime this week, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially because the Critics' Choice could anoint another person tonight that could change some things. And then I think the Directors Guild, the BAFTAs, and the Producers Guild all come out in the next two days. So sometime after Tuesday, I will come up with my official final predictions. But this is as close as I can come at the at, at this moment. Yeah, we're we're doing this a little early. And uh, and there are some things that are going to happen in the next week that could adjust it, but we're we're gonna go with it and see what we got here. I I I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell you I've got some random ones out there because I think we know less about this race, even though we're usually the Oscars are done by now. We know less about this race than any other Oscars race ever, just because of the pandemic, because of all the different things about what um when movies came out and and everything and the extended window i we know and nothing what qualifies as a movie yeah 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 exactly yeah, yeah we we know we know nothing so i think there's going to be chaos that, that's that's just kind of my my prediction so i've got i've got some chaos predictions in here okay so we're going to start with best adapted screenplay and uh, and go from there. So let's just kind of re- we'll each read off our five, and then uh, and then we'll kind of react to that. So Todd, why don't you go first? Your five for adapted screenplay. 
Uh, so in, I got like in order from like your favorite the most locks to to most vulnerable. Okay, so that would uh, be number one, Nomad Land. Number two, The Father. Number three, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Number four, One Night in Miami. Number five, News of the World. All right, so uh, we're almost the same. Uh, we've got the fir- same first four, just in a different order. I've got number one, Nomad Land. Number two, One Night in Miami. Number three, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Number four, The Father. And number five, I got Borat's subsequent movie film. Yeah, I mean, I could see it, but the one thing I, that gives me pause about that is there like there's like ten writers that are listed as official writers on that movie. I, do you think they're gonna give ten nominations for one hardly scripted movie? I I, th- I, I think that's stretching it. They the the only reason I'm even considering it is they already have nominated him for writing a Borat film. Well, yeah, and, but that also I, included other pretty prominent figures like Todd Phillips. But, I mean, this is just like uh, just a random scattering of people that are all attached as something. I, I could see it happening. I'm thinking it gets in there. And News of and the World is so old-fashioned Oscar stuff. That's it, I, th- I it feel is. like that's gonna, that, that has to get that fist spot. But, I mean, if you're looking for something out there, I mean, I'm thinking of any things. I, they do like Charlie Kaufman at times. That's true, too. And uh, I, I, w- I wouldn't count out, like, the White Tiger got in for uh, the Writers Guild, I believe. And then you also, of course, have Hillbilly Elegy, which would be a very Oscar thing to do. Hillbilly Elegy, I think, is a wild card in so many places in this because it's, yeah, it, it just is so oscar baity. Um, I think if, if you want to go out on a limb, too, First Cow. First Cow's kind of right there. I'm looking at uh, Gold Derby and their um, their odds. They got First Cow right now in sixth. Yeah, so, I mean, but that... I don't know. I That would be a real weird one, though. Because, I would mean, be. th- that doesn't fit the Oscar profile in any, in any way. It doesn't fit the Oscar profile, but it feels like it would fit the the year. I, I think that that's something that you could see something like that come away with that... Because it's this year, and because it was released in theaters, it did get it did get a theatrical run. Anyways, well, we are pretty uh, similar on that, though. We we are we are, and and uh, if it, I would say if those four, if one of those four doesn't get in, that'd be really weird. Well, the the really thing weird. is though, the Oscars don't like play adaptations, for especially for screenplay. And those those are three <laughs> three of the four. Yeah, three oh. of those four are play adaptations. Oh yeah. And, uh, like they didn't give a few good men a screenplay nomination, and that was Aaron Sorkin, and that was a best picture nominated movie. So I mean, like it's they they really try to avoid that. And if the whole category is littered with play adaptations, that that would not that or that would be just as weird as snubbing one of those predetermined winners, kind of. So they they don't like pluvies, huh? According to yeah. Amy and Tina. Yes, they don't like pluvies. They didn't <laughs> even nominate Glengarry Glen Ross. So. Yeah, yeah. That 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 is a very interesting part of this too. So maybe 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 one of them doesn't make it. That would be int- if if one of those three, of One Night Miami, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and The Father doesn't make it, which one? I think you said One Night Miami is the most vulnerable, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I guess. 
I mean, I, I think that's the least likely to win the category. But, yeah, I guess, I guess I would probably be the mo the one most likely to get snubbed. Just because it seems like Lesbian Jr., his performance and song are pretty much the only real locks from that movie. See, and I, I have the father as the most vulnerable, partially because I think that might be have the, the as we move along, the, the smallest pedigree on everything else going on. So we'll get to that in a sec. Well, the BAFTAs could change that. That Well, I mean, the BAFTAs are going to... That's, yeah, that's a BAFTA movie if there ever was one. So. All right, original screenplay. Uh, should I go first this time? Sure. I'll go first this time. Okay, so original screenplay. I've got number one, Trial of the Chicago 7. Number two, Promising Young Woman. Number three, Minari. Number four, Mank. And number five, Soul. All right, we're pretty similar. Uh, I have number one, Promising Young Woman. Number two, Trial of Chicago 7. Number three, Minari. Number four, Mank. And number five, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, I, that that's one of the that's one of the ones I've got I've got just out then. And I mean, Soul's kind of taking a I, that's another stab I'm taking with that. But I mean, it it it's Pete Doctor. They did give inside out the screenplay nomination this feels the most like like inside out of any pixar movie so i they don't like to give pixar the screenplay nominations anymore but i think soul would be the one they would give it to yeah and it all depends but the on problem how much is they like sort of missed on a lot of the precursors and uh, i know it's not eligible for the writers guild but it's just I don't know. I mean, it, it's missed on like the best picture nomination at the the Critics' Choice kind of thing that uh, past nominees have gotten. And it, it, I mean, it, it is in that you know six, seven, eight range. I, I mean, I, I would I would have no problem. Like that'd be that'd be an awesome nomination if it got in. It w it would be cool. I I like how once again we have the same top four. Um, the other ones I I could see potentially crashing the party. Um, it would be so cool if Sound of Metal crashed the party, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, the one that would just, like, throw everything out of whack is if Palm Springs somehow took that fifth spot. Yeah, that was on my, my last predictions actually published, which were in, like, October or something. And I still think there's an outside chance of that because everyone just kind of knows it was the best comedy of the year. Even though the Golden Globes are dumb and give it to Borat. But, uh, I don't know. That, that, that would be pretty... <laughs> That'd be pretty amazing if Palm Springs somehow sneaks out, or sneaks in there. They usually throw in, like, that that one comedy that's just super original. I mean, I think, like, The Big Six. The, the Big Six slid in there. Well, you could say that's Promising Young Woman, though. True. True. Because that, that is not an Oscar, Oscar movie at all, but, I mean, it is really a, a flashy, new-age kind of comedic darkly comedic movie so you think promising young woman is the favorite right now over trial of chicago 7 yeah i would say so i mean because like th those are the kind of movies that win original screenplay at least historically like uh there are times when they give original screenplay to just like the best movie that is in the category like when they gave it to the hurt locker milk or something like that but usually it's it's kind of like the most original movie in the in the bunch and they have given it to Aaron Sorkin before, so I guess, I guess it is possible. He's only won once, and he got snubbed for 
Steve Jobs yeah, after too. winning the Golden Globe. And, I mean, yeah, he, he was nominated sort of for Moneyball because it was like a three-person screenplay that he had part in writing and Molly's Game. But, I still say Chaos is, uh, is if they decide to give Best Original Screenplay to David Fincher's dad that has been dead for like 20 years. Like that, that'd just be insane. There are, there are a lot of posthumous not, uh, options now. I, I just read today <laughs> that uh, the sound mixer for Nomadland died earlier this week. And, uh, Whoa. So there, I mean, that'd be another pot, like weird thing, but I don't know. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Okay. And then of course, Chadwick Boseman. Of course, of course. Which we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about here very soon. Supporting actress. Todd, give me your five. Okay, for supporting actress, I have number one, Glenn Close. Number two, Olivia Coleman. Number three, Yu Jun Yoon. Number four, Helena Zengel. And number five, Ellen Burstyn. And this okay. is where our predictions are come crashing down right <laughs> yes yes <laughs> wow okay well we've got the same top three i can tell you that okay um number one's i have glenn close hillbilly elegy number two i have olivia coleman the father number three i have yu jung yoon for minari who i don't even feel is a lock but that's my number three. Oh, I, I think there are zero locks in this category i could see I, any one of them getting snubbed yeah yeah I, I don't know. I I think, yeah, yeah. All right, so number four, I have Amanda Seyfried, uh, Mank, and number five, I have Maria Bakalova, Borat's subsequent movie film. Okay, so you sort of went... I went a little more chalk on this one. Yeah, this is, but like I said, this is the one, I, there is, there is no lock in this category, because Hibbolyology is generally, like, looked at as a bad movie, the, the father has its issues with their screeners. Uh, Yu and Yoon, that, that's a classic, like, last-minute overlooked performance. And then, mm -hmm. like, I had Helena Zangle because I, I think that that, that is an, that's an Oscar-type kind of thing. But, I mean, at the same time, nobody's predicting that. And Ellen Burstyn has really only gotten in once. And you had, you had what, Maria Bakalova, who, I mean, that is not an Oscar thing at all. It's not. It's not. But they love Borat. That, but that's they, but her what I'm losing going with. Best Actress at the Golden Globes might have said something. And Amanda Seyfried, I mean, I think she has a really good chance of winning tonight. If she wins tonight, I think she's probably locked in, but she did not have a SAG nomination. Yeah. I, I mean, she's, she feels like the... She's like the safe... The, the, not not like she's safe in the in the lineup, but she's the safe nominee. Like all these, all these nominees are like, I, I think Close and Coleman. I mean, you've got the Close's Hollywood royalty. You've got Coleman, the former winner, first chance to get uh, re another nomination. And then everybody else, I feel like Amanda Seyfried's the one that's like, okay, this is the one that that makes the most sense <laughs> to nominate, and that's why I feel like she's gonna get in there. Uh, Yu Young, like like you said, it's it's a classic gonna get missed i mean it's it's how at the end of you know when push came to shove zhao shuzhen for the farewell and um right. and what's his name for for parasite all of a sudden fell off the um 
fell off the lists and, and were nowhere to be found. And well, she could it, easily be that different because Song King Ho didn't really get any of the major nominations. You should need to as at least shown up. Yeah, she, that's true. That's true. And and Zhao Shuzhen didn't show up in, in a lot of those earlier ones either. But um But the thing that throws it all into out of whack is Jodie Foster won the Golden Globe and I know. <laughs> that and that's a she, movie it, that nobody really has still seen and she's not that great in it. So it's like we ain't we know nothing about this category. And yeah. I, I don't I think the Baptist could clear up some stuff, but I, I don't know. I put Jodie Foster in sixth. Simply be and and I feel like the only reason she won the Golden Globe is because the Globes love their stars and she is the star. Yeah, and ma- making that comeback, I, I I yeah I felt like she. But I don't think the I don't think the Oscars care that much about that. I think Helena's angle is a big threat in this category, and I don't know that anyone's really yeah. realizing it, but. She's nominated tonight for the Best Young Actress. She's probably going to walk away with that one. And she's shown up everywhere else she has to, and she's an, a European actress, which helps. Yeah. And Yeah, that that would be something if all of a sudden, if if she got in. They, they like their child stars, too. Um, the Alright, you ready for the out of, out of nowhere pick that could, that could crash this party, too, if we no, really know nothing? Yeah. Saoirse Ronan for Ammonite. Just throw her in there. I mean... She's she, nominated... She, she's been nominated, what, five times? And I she's, mean, what, 22 or something like that? Yeah. She, she's... That movie in, is one of the most bizarrely forgotten movies that I can remember coming into, an, uh, like, an Oscar season. Because that movie was supposed to be, a, like, sort of almost locked two nominations. And it really has shown up nowhere in any category. And yeah. it's not like it's that poorly received, either. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I the the reception I kind of heard and and even looking at it it's like, "Oh, it's the English language portrait of a lady on fire, but not as good cinematically and not as strong of a script." Is kind of what I've heard. But still, I mean, it's Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan, and so right. I don't know. Saoirse just seems to be anointed as the new the new Oscar darling, so I could well, see her sliding in just because she's in the race, and she's getting nominated whenever she's in something. Well, and there was another movie like that this year uh, that came out late, like February, and that was The, the World to Come, which was another, it was Vanessa Kirby and Catherine uh, Waterston, and that was, uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, an endlessly better movie. It also had Casey Affleck and Christopher Abbott in there, and like, it's a... But, I mean... I don't know. Maybe that maybe that sort of thing has just been like, yeah, Portrait of Lay on Fire is like the model, and uh, these ones just aren't uh, living up to that. So they're just like, okay, we can pass on these. So I, we're both saying th- this is how much nobody knows what's going on. We are both saying Glenn Close is still the favorite to win on Gold Derby right now. She's in fourth. <laughs> <laughs> it's Olivia Coleman one, Yu Jung Yoon two. Amanda Seyfried, 3, Glenn Close, 4, Jodie Foster, 5, then Maria Bakalova, Helena Zengel, Ellen Burstyn, Saoirse Ronan, and Dominique Fishback for Judas and the Black Messiah rounds out the top 10. I don't think she has any shot. I, I and Well, I mean, that all depends on how much people have seen the movie, because I think that movie has struggled so far because it hadn't been widely distributed, but now that people are watching it, people are really starting to love it, 
and now Daniel Kaluuya is winning, some more people are watching it, maybe that could start getting into these other categories. Dominique Fishback would be an absolute jaw-dropper if she gets, if she's spit, their name spit out her name on Oscar morning, but I don't know. <laughs> that would be cool, though. That would be so cool. The high school kid, the 30-year-old high school kid from Project Power <laughs> goes on exactly. and gets Oscar nominated. <laughs> well, okay, so you don't think Ellen Burstyn has any shot? Because doesn't that feel like the kind of thing that when you're, wa- when you're watching the nominations unfold and then they spit out that one name and you're just like, oh yeah. I mean, why didn't I see that coming before? Of course they were going to end up nominating her. Yes, but I, I mean, I feel like Ellen Burstyn's performance in Pieces of a Woman is... It kind of fills the same role as Glenn Close's performance in Hillbilly Elegy. It, it's the legendary actress playing the the you know the the matriarch and not a huge um, it's it's not a huge uh, part with a whole lot to do. Maybe has a scene or two, but but getting the nomination off a of reputation and and. It's rare that they, I mean, when you look at the nominations, it's rare you see, oh, here are two that are getting the ex- getting the nomination for the exact same reason. Well, Glenn Close is a lot more flashy and a lot more obvious that she's acting. True. Like, but, but Ellen Burstyn, it's a subtle role, and the, the, a lot of times those get, it goes to get nominated. And I think people do really like the movie, they're just hesitant to anoint it because Shia LaBeouf's in it. But, I mean, if you could nominate the other performances, I think that's easier than giving it a Best Picture nomination or something. Yeah. Good point. Okay. All right. Supporting actor now. It's another one that I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Supporting actor. I have number one Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. Number two Sasha Baron Cohen, Trial of Chicago Seven. Number three Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Number four Chadwick Boseman, The Five Bloods. And number five, Jared Leto, The Little Things. All right. We have the same top three. I have, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya, Sasha Baron Cohen, Leslie Adam Jr. Number four, maybe I'm going with my heart, Paul Racy, Sound of Metal. Uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you still come back to what's the best performance. And I think that he has a good chance of winning, uh, you know, today, The Critics' Choice, because... He's, because he won all the critics awards. Yeah, because he's the uh, he is the critics' <laughs> choice like throughout the year, and then they do this every once in a while, and I think they're gonna do it this year. My number five is Kingsley Benadir for One Night in Miami. He's oh. being campaign lead everywhere, but sometimes they're just like, screw it, we're gonna we're gonna mess this up, and they did they did that with like say like Leonardo DiCaprio and The Departed. They're just like he's lead all all season, and all of a sudden the SAGs put him supporting and screwed up his eligibility, and then. They did with Kate Winslet for The Reader, where she was winning supporting all season, and then she gets snubbed in supporting, but then she ends up getting the lead nomination at, at BAFTA for both movies, and then she gets the, the lead nomination. I'm that, still ticked about that one, because I think if she gets, if if that stays put, she wins actor actress and supporting actress that year. I think she takes both. Yeah. I mean, and she probably... Well, they, uh, the SAG, they, they had a tie, and she wasn't one of the ties in for Best Actress, remember? It was, it was Meryl for Doubt, and uh, Rich are getting married uh, in Hathaway. Was that the SAG, or was that Critics' Choice? I feel like that was Critics' Choice. Maybe, no, I don't know. Well, 
Okay, well, Meryl won the SAG, because I remember that was when she's like, I'm not even wearing a dress. <laughs> like, I wasn't supposed to win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, we can figure that out. Alright, so yeah, it was, it was the, the, the crew's choice that they tied in. She won, uh, Meryl won at the SAG. Okay, okay. So yeah, I mean, but so, I, I think that she, Kate, Kate Winslet probably would have won for Revolutionary Road, too. See, that's what I think. Because so, they uh, love her. Anyways. The so other ones that Kinsley I had Benadir in... is your fifth? Yeah. And the one I had as my other one that, that could slide in... Because this one, is not it's not going shock. I don't think Jared Leto's eventually going to make it in. Even though if he did, that would be kind of cool. And Chadwick Boseman, it's hard to see two posthumous nominations in the same year. But with I how mean, beloved he is... Well, I mean, but I know. When they nominated James Dean twice, they were in separate years. For both of them posthumously. I, I don't know if they do that here. Because then that might also split him votes. And I I don't think he's going to win both. And I don't think he has a chance to win both. But people might want to nom- uh, win. I don't know. It, it could it could screw up his uh, actual narrative. Yeah. Or whatever. The one that I was going to put in. Because on Gold <laughs> Derby, I can't actually choose Kingsley Benadir. Because he's not in the category. Because he's in lead. Yeah. Was Glenn Turman for Maury's Black Bottom. Ooh, okay. Which, I mean, when we reviewed it, I and I kind of still stand by it, singling out one of the supporting guys in that movie is kind of stupid, but it, Glenn Turman is one is the one that has actually gotten some uh, some major nominations. He's nominated at the Spirit Awards as well. I think Coleman Domingo is actually also, but... I, I, there's these, like, my, massive ensemble casts. Like, I, I, think, I think Frank Langella still is a real possibility, and Mark Rylands. Yeah, I, I think Mark Rylance is the is the one there. I'm and I think when it when it first when Charles Chicago Seven first came out, another one that everyone was talking about was Yaya Abdul Mateen, and he's not really in the picture as much anymore. But I don't know. I think his, his parts is too small. I, I mean, I think he was one of the highlights of that movie, and he really yeah he really hasn't gotten much love. The one that I, I'm confused about is Stanley Tucci and Supernova. That that's one that I really thought was going to be a like a, a last minute like threat in a lot of a lot of things. But I mean, unless he gets the SAG or the the BAFTA nomination, then he's still got no shot. And I guess nobody's really seen the movie. Right, no one's seen it. Um, I've heard it's really good. Uh, there might be some backlash there of the the push recently that gay characters should only be played by gay actors and and so there might be a little bit of backlash with that um i find it interesting that you have two one night miami people in your list when all award season it's like which of the chicago seven people are going to get in there could this be five chicago seven actors nominated for supporting actor and they're going only going to get one and someone else is going to get a double nomination i i I could see it happening but I, that'd be really Well, I mean, One Night in Miami is an actor's movie, and so is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. True. True. But, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, and this is another category that's just hard. So but That's so why I'll, I think there's going to be one shocker in there. It's not... <laughs> I don't I don't think we could just go with the top five on Gold Derby. So, so all, everything we're saying here, all that means is that Bill Murray is getting nominated for On the Rocks. <laughs> Which I don't think anybody would complain about. <laughs> no one would complain about so yeah, right now, Gold Derby, their top five is Kaluuya, Cohen, Odom, Racy, and Bozeman. 
with Leto, Rylance, Murray, Strathairn, and Langella as as six to ten. And then, like, what what would be like your favorite like random thing to happen? Because this one could have a, an absolutely random nomination. Like, it's got to be like Bo Burnham, right? Bo Burnham would be amazing if he's if he got in there. I I would love that. I would love it if Bo Burnham got in there. Um. I was also looking. Who else did I see in here? Um, uh, Jeremy Strong, Child Chicago Seven would be a lot of fun too. One of the less less heralded ones, um, or even like a like a Robin De Jesus from Boys in the Band. I thought he was really good in that. Well, he's the uh, one that won the the Tony for that, right? I think so. I think so. He's the, like the little guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the he's he's the little guy. <laughs> well, and my my favorite part of Defy Bloods was Clark Peters. I mean, if, so, if somehow he emerges after yeah. all after all this <laughs> and gets nominated, that'd be pretty cool. So so let's just go down to uh, let's see here number number forty six on Gold Derby's predictions and go with Jesse Plemons for Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> I mean Jesse, how does Jesse Plemons needs a needs an Oscar nomination? Well, he's now the lead in the new Scorsese movie, so... Oh, that's true. That's true. Alright. Let's move off of supporting actor and into another... I mean, all these acting categories are ridiculous. And so, uh, best actress. Todd, give me yours first. Alright, I don't like this category. Um, <laughs> it's, it's too hard. Uh, I have number one, Frances McDormand for No Man Land. Number two... Uh, Viola Davis, Marini's Black Bottom. Number three, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Number four, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. And I, number five, I guess I will say Andre Day for the United States, which is Billie Holiday, but it could be basically anybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, honestly, the one I think that is probably going to end up... I mean, cause, just because I can picture it happening when I'm watching the nominations be unveiled is Sophia Loren. But I, I, I think the movie's terrible, and but I mean it's probably going to get at least two more nominations, so why not? All right, here's what I got. I got number one, Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Number two, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, number three, Frances McDormand, Nomadland. Number four, Andre Day, United States versus Billie Holiday. Number five, Amy Adams, Hillbilly Elegy. I, I don't know what you, what you think is wrong with Vanessa Kirby. <laughs> I I I don't think anything is wrong with Vanessa Kirby. I think that she could win tonight. I I could I I still like your narrative of her her potentially pulling off the win. At the same time, I could see <laughs> I well, can see you're missing the nomination. Amy Adams does have a ton of nominations. That's, I mean. The problem here is Yeri Han is in the wrong category. She should be in supporting, and she probably would be getting some love there. That's possible, yeah. I don't know. I was trying to choose between Andre Day and Rosamund Pike for the fifth spot, and I don't know. I mean, Ro- Ro- Andre Day has a very Oscar-y type role in a movie that is being looked at as kind of a mess, so that that kind of hurts the narrative, but... Rosamund Pike is in a movie that also sort of nosedives in the second half. So, 
I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I haven't seen I Care a Lot yet. I still need to watch that, but that that's what I'm hearing. Listen to the latest Daily Notes to hear uh, Adam and Zach rant about how it nosedives in the second half. Um, Did they release that one already? Yeah, it, I it it just came out right before we started recording. So, um, yeah, I nothing tells me Amy Adams is getting in there other than the fact that it's Amy Adams and Hillbilly Elegy just feels so much like a like an Oscar movie. So, it's an old fashioned Oscar movie. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it feels like her getting in for American Hustle. It feel, but she's got a better part, like she's got a more Oscar Beatty part than she did then. So, I, I got, I gotta, I gotta think she she has a shot, and I could easily see them reading it off and everyone going, "What the hell?" Uh, and well, see, and I, I keep saying I think Carrie Mulligan could get snubbed. Like I had her it in fourth. Yeah, and I mean. If she doesn't get in, then that's going to open up the door for one of those weird ones to, to pop in there. And there there's a, there's a narrative for Mulligan, Davis, McDormand, Day, and Kirby winning. There's a narrative for all five of those winning. And the yeah. fact that that's our five, I, I don't know. It, it still doesn't, like you said, it doesn't feel sure that that's our five. Even though they're the ones that are the favorites. So there's got to be one in there that has no shot at winning. And that would be Sophia Loren. Or Amy Adams. Or Amy Adams, yeah. So, let's see here. So, uh, Gold Derby. Let me let me get this here. Gold Derby's got Carrie Mulligan 1, Viola Davis 2, Francis McDormand 3, Andre Day 4, Vanessa Kirby 5. And then their 6-10 to 10 is Zendaya 6. Rosman Pike seven, yeah, I don't think so either. Sophia Loren eight, Amy Adams nine, Michelle Pfeiffer ten for French Exit. Yeah, that's not happening either. Let's just blow everything up and throw in Sydney Flanagan for never, at least sometimes, always. Like that's I have no that's, problem with that. I would. I don't think anybody would, except it was such a small time movie. Um, one of the last movies released in theaters before yep. it was shut down. Um, I would also have no problem seeing, uh, Elizabeth Moskett in there for either of the two movies that she had, Invisible Man or Shirley. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Or, and the other one that I really like this year, it's kind of undeniable how good Anya Taylor-Joy is in Emma. I saw you, you just recently watched that one. Yeah, yeah I agree. She's, she, she's, she's awesome. Had, she's had a big year, I mean... Queen's Gambit has it her on everyone's mind too. So, yep. There, there. So there's my there's my out of nowhere. So so the that means the fifth slot is going to rot a blank for forty year old version. <laughs> that that would be the weirdest nomination of all time. <laughs> it would be. It would be. All right. Best actor. Uh, I'll go first here. Um. Uh, yeah, I think there's four locks here. So I've got Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom 1, Anthony Hopkins, The Father 2, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal 3, Gary Oldman for Mank 4, and Steven Yeun for Minari 5. So I have the exact same thing, except I have Mank, or uh, Oldman and Yoon flipped. 
So we have okay. the same five. I, yeah, I think that's the most likely right now. It it hurts me to say Delroy Lindo is missing. I would love to see him get in there. So um, what what what's to what's going to happen when you have the BAFTAs put in the British five or whatever they they like leave off Chadwick Boseman and they have Hopkins Ahmed Oldman Lindo and then they have Stephen Yoon because everyone loves Minari. Like, what happens when that happens? Then, then what are we looking at here? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How do we? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's. And are are we really thinking we're gonna get um we're gonna get two acting nominations for Minari, uh, a film not that isn't is primarily in a different language. I mean, I guess we had it with Roma. Is Minari this year's Roma? I mean, we keep on saying that Nomadland is this year's Roma. Well, true. I mean, yeah, I guess there aren't a whole lot of movies that get multiple nominations in acting when they're not in English, but it's an American movie. Like we said, it is the most American movie. (laughs) It is. It is. Like we talked about when we reviewed it last week. It's all, it's the American dream personified in a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just it, don't... When James Corden is nominated, is that when we just like stop watching the Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still need to see The Prom. Um, okay, okay, I can see... So I was see... looking at Variety and our, our boy Clayton Davis had his number five, he had Mods Mickelson. Which would be an amazing nomination, but that I've got also... him on my short list. Like I had two others written down, and they, they were Delroy Lindo and Mods Mickelson. That would leave off. I mean, you would think that if he gets in, that probably leaves off either Riz Ahmed or Stephen Yoon, which would be kind of devastating in both cases. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think See, I, I think Gary Oldman has the Oscariest role. But at the same time, I'm like, I have him number five because I'm just like, I don't know that everyone's going to love the movie. I mean, there's a lot of people that really, really don't like the movie. But there's something to nominating a former winner on their first opportunity back to back to the party. Yeah. I mean, you're going to see that with Olivia Coleman. You're going to see that with Gary Oldman. Um, so, yeah. Me... Could there be something against Steven Yoon and the fact that he is, up to this point, has been primarily a TV actor? Well, I mean, had you've Bernie, seen that. And he, I mean, he was making a run on a nomination for Burning just a couple of years ago. He, he's proven yeah. himself to be a, a legitimate theatrical actor, but... I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, 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 still, I still think he's sort of an underdog, which is unfortunate. He is. He is. I, I, th- I think... Minari is just kind of an underdog in this whole thing, so maybe it ends up pulling out Best Picture. I mean, who who really knows? Okay. Well, what what about Tom Hanks? You're, you're still I, sitting there with Tom Hanks. There, definitely in the run. He's nominated for the Critics' Choice. <clears throat> My year long favorite for Best Picture. It took him being Mister Rogers to finally get another nomination. So did did that like break the 
break the uh, the curse, or and yeah, he's but he was back, the first celebrity or... to get COVID too. That's that's very true too. Well, was it News of the World that they were filming? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he was he was in Australia. In Australia, maybe not. It could have been. I mean, I don't know where they shot that. Okay. I, don't I thought of it. Yeah. Like New- so Gold Derby, Gold Derby's got Chadwick Boseman one, Anthony Hopkins two, Riz Ahmed three, Gary Oldman four, Stephen Yoon five. So it's the exact same thing I had. Uh, six to ten is Delroy Lindo, uh, Tahar Rahim, Kingsley Benadir, Mods Mickelson, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. With Tom Hanks eleven, John David Washington twelve. Yeah. James Corden twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks for Greyhound, 25. See, Andy Samberg needs to take that last spot. Uh, Not going to happen, but man, wouldn't that be cool? All right, let's move on to director now. Uh, Why don't you read off your five first? All right, number one... I have Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Number two, David Fincher for Mank. Number three, Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of Chicago 7. Number four, Leah Zik Chung for Minari. And number five, Spike Lee for Defy Bloods. Ooh, okay. We have the top four exactly the same. Chloe Zhao, uh, David Fincher, Aaron Sorkin, Leah Zik Chung. I've got Regina King, One Night in Miami I just, I don't know that it's that strong of a contender in those categories. I mean, she got the Golden Globe nomination, but it, I mean, it's the play adaptation thing. I'm, I'm not sure. I, 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 I think they will go for the narrative of nominating two women for the first time in, And you in think a... they, they're going to do that before they do Emerald Fennell? I think Emerald. Fennell I've got I've got Emerald Fennell. I, yeah, I, I it's a I, for me that fifth spot is a coin toss between Regina King and Emerald Fennell. Um, I think they they may side with Regina King in the fact that they just gave her an Oscar a couple years ago for acting. So the same thing you're saying as with uh, Gary Oldman. They they like once you're in the club they like to they like to keep you there as much as as much as they can. But sometimes it takes a while. Like, they still haven't given Halle Berry her next nomination. It took, like, ten years for, or, yeah, for Angelina Jolie to get her second one. And she had, like, a mighty heart, and she had all the nominations for that. They still That's haven't true. given Tilda Swinton her second one. And she's had plenty of opportunities. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not something they do all the time. But at, there are times when you're just like, okay, there's your validation nomination. It would be great to see Spike in there. I think he, uh... He definitely deserves it. Um, so he had, a, the, he had uh, a really, yeah, he had a really big movie. Like a like, there was a lot going on in that movie, and and the problem is, it was just so long ago. I mean, what that came out in May. Yeah. So everyone, I mean, it, if if the Five Bloods came out in November, Spike's in for director. Delroy Lindo is locked in for actor. Um, Chadwick is locked in for supporting, and maybe even one other. Well, see, when we reviewed it, I was the only one that said Chadwick was great. You guys, you guys were all over the other actors, and I was like, I don't know. 
Ch- Chadwick, uh, Chadwick in that movie, I think is, I, I think he, that is his best performance he ever gave, and, but it's just, it is sort of lost because he, everything is flashback with with that character. He's ne- he's never interacting with the main characters in the movie. Yeah, I don't know that I, he would ever be a lock, but I, I think he is great. I think that performance plays so different with him. I like that performance is like the perfect posthumous performance to have. And so I, I think I think he needs to get recognized yeah. for it. Anyways, okay. I think yeah, so director we're I I think four are pretty set and then we'll see what happens with that with that fifth spot. Yeah. Paul Greengrass. The, don't don't forget about that. Yeah. Paul Greengrass so so That's the old uh, Gold Derby. Oscar yeah, Gold Derby is is Ja, Fincher, Chung, Sorkin, Fennell. And then six to ten is Regina King, Spike Lee, Paul Green Greengrass, Florian Zeller for the Father, and Shaka King for Judas and the Black Messiah. That would so. be a shocker to hear Shaka King nominated. Yes. I cannot be. see that happening. Alright, you you ready you ready for my outside the box? Crash the party fifth spot. Yeah, Thomas Vinterberg for another round. <laughs> that would be the Paolo Polakowski. That that be yeah sure. exactly exactly. Why why not? L- let's make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Picture time. All right. I have. I've got. Do I have nine? I have nine. I think if any year warrants nine, it's this year. Um, so here's here's my nine. I don't like it, but this is what I'm going with. Uh, I've got number one, Nomadland. Number two, The Trial of Chicago 7. Number three, Minari. Number four, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Number five, Mank. Number six, Promising Young Woman. Number seven, One Night in Miami. Number eight, Hillbilly Elegy. And number nine, Defy Bloods. Okay. <laughs> Mine's different. <laughs> well, I don't know. What, what's your 10? Because I was going to go... I was just going to read my 10 and say that there's going to be... Ten, eight or nine. 10 is News of the World. Okay. Alright. Uh, so, I have number 1, Nomadland. Number 2, Trial of Chicago 7. Number 3, Minari. Number 4, Mank. Number 5, Promising Young Woman. Number 6, Defy Bloods. Number 7, One Night in Miami. Number 8, Sound of Metal. Number 9, News of the World. And number 10, Judas and the Black Messiah. Ooh. Okay. So I don't have, I don't have uh, Marini's Black Bottom in there. Interesting. Or The Father. I don't have The Father either. I, I, I think that one has... It's, it's kind of squandered its, its campaign too much to get the picture nomination. I think it could get the acting nominations simply on the reputation of the actors and the uh, and what has been said about the performances. But yeah, the Brit- I have the it British added. nominated for best picture in their five. That gives it. A, I mean, I don't know. I think that puts it a bit back in the race, pretty yeah. easily. I had Sound of Metal eleven, but I. I think Sound of Metal is close to a lock. I don't know. I. I mean, I have it eighth, but that, that's just because I'm being cautious because I love the movie. It's a, uh, it it and, is it's like Whiplash. I mean, it could win sound and editing, and I I don't think yeah. that a movie like that is missing on picture. But you think you think 
Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is missing out with the actor winner and possible actress winner. Yeah, like I mean, I said that that it's Walk the Line. That's what happened. I mean, Walk the Line was never going to get nominated for Best Picture with even ten nominees. Oh yes, it was. It would have been in with ten. I don't know. It would have been. Go back. Go. I think King Kong gets over Walk the Line in '05. Okay, that's one. (laughs) No, that I mean that's that's like that's like going at the. I mean, Constant Gardner was getting in before that. No, oh, Constant Gardner wasn't getting in. With the screenplay nomination, acting screenplay win. Screenplay and a super, at, supporting actress win? No. No. I don't think so. I don't know. We, we would have to revisit that. I, I, I don't I don't think Walk the Line was getting in with him. It, since it expanded, has there ever been a movie that was nominated for actor and actress and not gotten picture? Um... I mean, there just aren't that many to get nominated for both. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that's what, I mean, Viola Davis should be supporting. Like, in my official awards, I have her supporting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think you're wrong, but... Hold okay. on, I'm gonna look this up. I think that's a, I think it's a good question. Marriage Story did it last year. Um, you had a Star is Born do it in 2018. Nobody in 2017. Nobody in 2016. Wait, La La Land was. Oh, La La Land. Yeah, La La Land. Sorry. La La Land in 2016. Uh, 2015 didn't. 2014 had Theory of Everything. 2013 had American Hustle. Uh, 2012 Silver Linings Playbook. 2011 add none. 2010 uh, did not have one. That was probably the closest one, though, if Frank Gosling had gotten in. For Blue Valentine? Yeah. Which I think, think... uh, that's not a terrible that's not a terrible comparison to the, the way that Ma Rainey's Black Bottom plays. I, I think if Ryan Gosling gets in and is that popular, though, I think it, it crashes the party over something like Winter's Bone. Uh, 2009 didn't have... didn't have one. So, since the field has gone to 10, or gone to more than 5, if you get an, an actor and actress nomination, you are a Best Picture nominee. And there have been how many? Like, four? There were... Five? Five? Five, maybe? In the last 20 years, it's happened? I mean, so it's a rare feat to have happened to begin with, and when it does happen, you get in. And well, it's like happened... I said, this is a weird year. It is a weird year. But I think that I think it being a weird year makes it more likely that something like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom gets in. Well, see, and the, goal, and the odds are on your side, because Gold Derby has Ma Rainey's Black Bottom in fourth. 
Yeah, it's got Nomadland, Trial Chicago 7, Minari, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, One Night in Miami, 5. I think that's a little high. Mank, yeah. 6, Promising Young Woman, 7, The Father, 8, News of the World, 9, Five Bloods, 10, Judas and the Black Messiah, 11, Sound of Metal, 12, Soul in 13, United States versus Billy Holiday, 14, First Cow in 15, Mal- Malcolm and Marie in 16, Hillbilly Elegy, 17th. That's my that's my stab. Pieces of a Woman, 18, 10 at 19, Borat subsequent movie film 20. Yeah, another round's down there. Uh, a few further down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see how it actually plays out. I, I like that we both have the Defy Bloods in there. I really hope that gets in. Uh, I'm glad this is the last year we have to worry about. Is it 8? Is it 9? Is it seven? I mean, it's never been, it's anything but eight or nine, but starting next year, we're back to just a straight ten, which will be good. Um, Although it's more fun when there's only five. It's a lot harder if it, if it's just five, but I, I don't mind the, the expanded field. It's it's kind of nice to have. That but I, I like when they have the, one, the director that's nominated and the movie isn't, and that just doesn't happen very much anymore. True. What it's happened twice since they expanded. Yeah. Polakowski and then Bennett Miller for uh, Foxcatcher. Yeah, but back when they would they would have something like the the like Peter Weir getting nominated for the Truman Show or something like that. Uh, like th- that that was a, those are was like the highlights because that, that's when like these are the for Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Yeah, like th- this is probably the best movie, but it's a little too weird for us, so we're not gonna give it best picture, but we're gonna give it director and be like, okay, we'll, we'll give you your props there. I, I liked when yeah. they used to do that, but now we get Adam McKay getting nominated for best director for Vice, which is just stupid. All right, well, uh, I have a little trivia for you. Are you ready? Well, let's hope so. Oh, I forgot about this. John Void is a slap in the face. This is going downhill quick. Trivia. Okay. So this is a little mini episode, but I thought we, we could we could uh, do a little bit of Oscar trivia since we're doing Oscar nomination predictions here. Um, okay. Here's your trivia. Uh, this is all inspired by... Uh, the potential of Regina King getting a Best Director nomination for One Night in Miami. If she does, she will become only the sixth person that has won an acting Oscar to be nominated for Best Director. So, only five... So, the question is, can you name the five people that have won an acting Oscar and have been nominated for Best Director? That would be uh, George Clooney. George Clooney's correct. Won for Siriana and was nominated for directing Good Night and Good Luck. Uh, Laurence Olivier. Laurence Olivier won for Hamlet and was nominated for directing Hamlet. I know we did a similar, like, <laughs> power rankings at one point, I feel like. <laughs> well, yeah, you did the, the, the what was it, the uh, actors directing movies or something like that? Yeah, like... That, that, was movie... our, that was our list. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what the framework of that was, but yeah, something like that. Maybe it was Oscar-nominated actors 
um, directing a movie or something like that. I feel like it was something like that. Um, yeah, three more. Two of which have been in the last 30 years. The other one is coming up on 100 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one I wouldn't even... Coming up on 100, meaning... It was within, what, the first 10 years of the Oscars or something like that? Yes. Uh, yeah, Both yeah, the yeah. win and the nomination were in the first 10 years of the Oscars. Actually, I'll say the, the win and the nomination were both in the first five years of the Oscars. But it is a recognizable name. Wow. Recognizable name. Um, known, for, uh, known most for a role he played in the 40s. Um, and kind of, uh, you could say the name, the last name has kind of become Hollywood royalty. Oh, man. I should, I should have the ones in the last 30 years. I'm trying to. Yeah, you should. Are there, they were both, their nominations weren't, like the director was probably later, right? Is that, is that what you're saying? One of them, one of the, uh, one of the ones in the last 30 years was an Olivier situation. Where he won for acting in the film he directed. And was nominated for directing. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. He was quite shocked it happened too. He started walking over the, the chairs in the oh, audience. Oh, Roberto Benini. Roberto wow. Benini. And then the other one that happened in the last 30 years, uh, he got the directing nomination first... And then won uh, an acting Oscar um, within the next 10 years. But was known as an actor. Known as an actor. Got uh, one. No. Yeah. T known as an Tim actor. Tim Robbins. Got, Tim Robbins. Yep. Okay. And then the, the legendary one was Lionel Barrymore. I didn't know he directed. Yeah, he won. He was nominated for two Oscars in his career. He won Best Actor in 1931 for A Free Soul and was nominated for Best Director in 1929 for Madam X. Wow. And that was when they only had like three nominees. <laughs> yeah, it does say no official nominees had been announced this year, but I don't know what that means. It, it's listed on IMDb as he got that nomination. All right. So I have one more category. category. I have one more category for you now. And this category is the opposite. Can you name the uh, the six people who have won Best Director and have been nominated for acting? Uh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood is correct. I think this is an easier list. <laughs> well it should be um uh woody allen woody allen is correct one and was nominated for wood um annie hall i mean i want to say Sidney pollock but i know that's wrong uh that's uh, wrong kevin costner kevin costner dances with wolves i'm pretty sure olivia didn't win best director that's he did he... not no one uh, from what i've from what I found, no one has won for both acting and directing. That's interesting. Isn't that interesting? You kind of get the feeling that 
um, that the whole uh, actor-director thing is a somewhat new development. Well, yeah. Considering... I mean, they, when they yeah. still don't... I mean, the Ben Affleck thing... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he was never even nominated for Best Actor, but I mean, they still... like They're slow to let you get your Best Director nomination. Yeah, three more. All of them, like, legends. John Huston? John Huston is correct. He won director for Treasure of the Sierra Madre and then had a couple had a couple uh, acting nominations along the way, I think. Or maybe it was just one. Let me look it up. Like, I know he was in Chinatown, but... He didn't get the nomination for Chinatown. He got the nomination for something else. Um... He got a supporting acting nomination in 1963 for The Cardinal. And his only directing win was Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Which he also won for writing. Alright, two more. Oh, Redford. Redford is correct. The other one made news for an appearance at the Oscars within the last five years. <laughs> Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Well, he was nominated and for for Best Actor for Reds too, though. Oh, I guess yeah, I guess so. But he, I mean, he was he's been nominated several times. Yeah. So. Is uh, that it? That was it. That was the list. Okay. Yeah, I did. The terrible. list. So John Huston, <laughs> Woody Allen, Warren Beatty, uh, Robert Redford, Kevin Costner, Clint Eastwood. Those are fascinating lists, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's way more selective of a group than you would think. Yeah. Uh, just, just the idea that Regina King would be only the sixth person ever to be an acting winner and a directing nominee, that, and no one has won both. That that seems like the most surprising thing. You you got to think in the next ten years that changes, right? I would think so. Yeah, because I mean everyone's directing now. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, and Clint probably. I mean. If Clint would have won Best Actor for Unforgiven or something like that, nobody would have thought twice. But, yeah. Alright, well, that was some good trivia. It's time to wrap this up. Quote of the day time. Strawberries. Not the cheese. Womack. With a little sex in it. Quote of the day. Uh, I will go first. Because I did not like win trivia. Because you did not win trivia. I won trivia for coming up with the freaking awesome categories. Uh, this And that's one that I feel like I could only do with one person, too. I don't think that would have gone really well. It's like, go back and forth on a category of five. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alright, so uh, my, my quote comes from City Slickers. And uh, this is uh, Billy Crystal's character, Mitch, summing up what life is like as he's at career day for his, uh, for his son's class, his son played by Jake Gyllenhaal, by the way. Um, here's, here's what he says to the, here's his advice to the class. He says, value this time in your life, kids, because this is the time in your life when you still have your choices and it goes by so quickly. When you're a teenager, you think you can do anything and you do your twenties are a blur your 30s, you raise your family, you make little money, and you think to yourself, what happened to my 20s? Your 40s, you grow a little pot belly, and you grow another chin. The music starts to get too loud, and one of your old girlfriends from high school becomes a grandmother. 
Your 50s, you have a minor surgery. You'll call it a procedure, but it's a surgery. Your 60s, you have a major surgery. The music is still too loud, but it doesn't matter because you can't hear it anyways. 70s, you and the wife retire to Fort Lauderdale. You start eating dinner at 2, lunch around 10, breakfast the night before. And you spend most of your time wandering around malls looking for the ultimate in soft yogurt and muttering, how come the kids don't call? By your 80s, you've had a major stroke, and you end up babbling to some Jamaican nurse who your wife can't stand, but you call mama. Any questions? I mean, it's That's like the one. greatest, like, depressed rant I've heard in movies in a long time. <laughs> I could hear him saying that, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, Todd, what do you got? Well, I was just going to quote, since his uh, Critics' Choice Awards are tonight, like, one of my favorite moments in that award show was in two the 2012 awards when uh, Ben Affleck was winning Best Director at the Critics' Choice Awards the <laughs> night that he got snubbed, the morning that of he got snubbed by the Oscars for Best Director, yes. he gets up there completely shocked, and the first thing he says is, well, I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. This this is actually the one that counts. <laughs> and that is why I love live award shows and why I can't wait till they can actually happen again. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Awesome. All right, with that, we're going to bring this podcast to a close. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back at you very soon with uh, a deep dive. Do we want to announce what the deep dive is? We can announce it. Okay. It is Go. the movie directed by Oscar winner Peter Farrelly, Shallow <laughs> Hal from 2001. Shallow Hal, 20 years ago, Shallow Hal. That'll be our next deep dive when we come back at you next week. Until then, have fun watching movies, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Despite your crass behavior, I'm glad we were able to do this together. That's from Apollo 13.